guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I am so excited to be here with Nucha Lopez, who I've actually known for like over five years now, I feel like, because before we went to Syracuse together, we did that NYU summer program together, which is so funny. But Nucha, please say hello, introduce yourself. Um, We're so excited to have you here. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here. I literally forgot about that year before Syracuse that we met each other in New York City. That's like so crazy. Oh my god, time runs. <laughs> so funny. And I also feel like a few other girls from that summer ended up going to Syracuse. Such a small yeah. world. But I know. So that gave it away. Nucha and I met um actually like two years before college and then we ended up going to Syracuse together. She lives in Germany and honestly Follow her on Instagram immediately before we even get into this because your Instagram is just so fun to follow. And your pictures are amazing. And like the whole aesthetic of your apartment and like everything is just so great. So everyone go follow her before we even start this. Um, But I'm so excited to talk to Nucha today because she works at Too Faced. She's a social media and influencer manager there which basically means she connects two-faced to influencers. And I think that's going to be really exciting for a lot of you guys to learn about because I know a lot of you follow a ton of influencers and maybe we can kind of figure out together how our favorite influencers get connected with our favorite brands. So, Nucha, if you would just give us, what is it like working at Two-Faced? What is your job on the day-to-day? What are you doing as a social media and influencer manager? What does that mean? So basically, um, like as an influencer in social media, like manager as the, I guess the title says, like obviously it's about like social media and influencer relations. And I think there's like four parts to it. There's um, the influencer acquirement, I would say, like just like connecting with influencers, meeting influencers, taking them out to dinner, entertaining them, getting to know them. Because obviously as a brand, you want to work with people that you know um, are on brand for you. And that also like each brand kind of like has their own identity. Like for example, for us, it's like we like like fun girls that they're into makeup, like they're kind of like very girly um, And that's kind of what we also look for in the people that we work with. So you obviously want to get to know them a little bit. And um, so like that's the part of relationship. And for that, sometimes we have to travel because, um, for example, in the German market, it's not as in, I don't know, like the UK, for example, where it's like only London and like only Paris or something here, like everyone's spread out. Um, and then another part would be obviously like the collaboration. So like everything that is a paid partnership is kind of like what I do and like negotiate either with agencies or with the influencers that are doing it themselves. Um, and then you obviously have the social media part. So everything that goes on Instagram or like now we have TikTok too. So there's like different channels and um, we have a main page. So we have the page that the US, the US kind of like posts, but every region um, wants to make sure that their influencers and their demographic is represented. So they not always see all the posts that are going live in our market, for example. So it's like my responsibility to say, okay, like this is what we paid for, or like this is really great content that we got for free we should repost that because it's really on brand or whatever. And then I think the last part is 
obviously like the analytics part because you want to make sure that what you're paying for has a return of investment and that you're not just paying someone that maybe is not getting enough likes or like their content is not actually like resonating with their community. So we look at their numbers and like if like we even compare between brands, like maybe sometimes I would say, okay, like she really would work so well with the brand, but then she posts it and I don't know, like she posted something before about another brand and that did so much better than with us. So that's also something you want to look at because if their community doesn't like it, then it doesn't really make sense to keep um, paying her. (laughs) So what does it look like day to day for you? Like coming into the office or working at home now, like what, what does your day look like start to finish? Like um, you're finding influencers, obviously sometimes you'd go to events, dinners, whatever, but like, like kind of walk us through a day in your life. So I would say a day of my life or like the majority of the time I spend is not actually with fun stuff. A lot of it is just like answering emails and like going into my system and looking at people that have been mentioning us or like because you always want to make sure that you're not only working with the people that you know that you also like have like acquiring more and more and like there's so many people that have great content out there that you might not even know like especially now there's so many micro influencers that are kind of like just appearing and like that's like what I do I go into Instagram or like we have our little like analytic channel thing where we can see people that posted us in our uh, region and that's what I do I answer emails of agencies um like that kind of stuff it's really like a lot of it is admin stuff um especially now during corona and then usually at least i would say like three three times two or three times a month i would travel to a different city and like i would um arrange meetings with influencers or um agencies also and kind of get to know them what else do i do i obviously have a lot of meetings with um our team in the US just because um Too Faced in Europe is not as big as it still as it is in the US so like we kind of like still go by what they say <laughs> if that makes sense but um they have a different idea sometimes because if you look at the United States as a market and then Europe as a market not every product kind of goes the same way things work in the U.S. Like even with um, target markets, for example, or products that work very well in the U.S., you go to Europe and it just like doesn't work because people don't consume the same way. So yeah, that's like things I do. Um, What else? I think that's basically it. So when you're looking for new influencers, I feel like there's a lot of maybe micro-influencers out there listening or maybe a girl who wants to be an influencer or is looking to like learn more about that. Like, What do you look for when it comes to numbers and style and aesthetic when you are choosing a girl to work with? So that always depends on the brand. So I'm going to talk about the perspective of like two-faced and like what I look for when... Um, I want to choose an influencer to work with. With us, we, for example, have like three different 
type of girls, I would say. So like there's the main line um, that people that are familiar with Too Faced, it's like are born this way, foundation, like the very classic things. And that girl, for example, I would say is like very feminine, very girly, likes a lot of makeup, but it's like not too much. Um, and when I look at influencers for that, it's, it's usually this like classic YouTuber, the classic um, makeup influencer that like, if you look at her feed, it's a lot of it is like, this is my daily makeup. Like, this is what I use, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like very makeup heavy. And then for um, Peaches and Cream, that's like another like uh, sub collection, I would say. Those girls are more, how do you say? Um, I would say more like cool girls, if that makes sense. They don't use a lot, a lot of makeup. It's like that kind of like girl that wants to do makeup on the go. Those are the girls that are more like doing lifestyle. They're in fashion, but like they still love makeup. So like if I look at their feed, it's mostly like those kind of influencers that are always on the go. Like they go on fashion week, like all this kind of stuff. But like they share TikToks and like vlogs about their lives. And they kind of say, okay, like this is the mascara I love. Um, so those are that kind of girls that I also love working with. And then I think the third is the super, super heavy makeup girls that like love glitter, like love or are makeup artists. So like those are also people I look at. And a lot of them are micros because I feel like they have such great content, but they're still so small. And like they're not the girls that are attending fashion week. They're not the girls that are like out there and like, receiving much more attention but they have a craft so you also want to look at that and like especially for gifting like if I can give an advice to any influencer that is listening or someone that wants to be an influencer don't be afraid to reach out to the brand like I know I get so many emails a day but just keep it very short introduce yourself like send a link of your Instagram um, tell me how many followers you have and I will look at it. And if, even if you're small, if you're like, I don't know, like 10 K or under, um, but you have really great content, we will put you on the list. And like, maybe you will receive a gifting or a mailer. It doesn't always have to be, um, something paid. Um, but that's a way for you to grow and like try to have that connection with like, if you know someone in PR or like an influencer relations, like try to make that connection because, I will remember someone that like has great content or like wrote me a very good email. And I think networking is so important in today's life. So yeah, that's a tip I would give everyone that wants to try. I think that's an, <laughs> think that's an amazing tip. Like I obviously used to do YouTube and I would reach out to companies and brands all the time. And no, I never got paid because I was always very small, but yeah. Sometimes it did work out and I would get a free gift or I would create a partnership with them and continue to work with them. And I really do think that that's some great advice. Like reaching out to a company, reaching out to a brand is not a bad thing whatsoever. Yeah. Also, like speaking of this on like the more the numbers route, what other numbers do you look at when it comes to a profile? Like engagement, comments, likes, because I know that there's like so much drama around Instagram and like buying likes, yeah. buying followers. Uh -huh. Like how can you tell when engagement is authentic? Like what, what do you guys 
do to kind of weed out the fake accounts from the real actual creators who have a loyal following um i think like there's so much talk about the algorithm and like the algorithm like ruining everyone and i think to a certain extent like that's true so what i try to look at and like we have like every brand i think has their internal like systems and stuff but just with like my eyes like if i go on an instagram the ratio between your following and your likes like you can't have that's like one example you can't have 12,000 followers or 20,000 followers and get like 100 likes on your picture that seems just off to me even if it's authentic or not it's just like it looks weird so I think it's for me, it's like so much better if I see someone that has like maybe 9,000 followers and then they get, I don't know, like 600, 700 likes on their, um, on their picture. It just looks a little bit better. So like I would not encourage anyone to buy any followings or anything because it really skews with you. And like a brand, if we, if we see it and like even if you have good content, we're always going to be skeptic because you're following or like your likes or comments are going to determine how much you charge per picture and if that seems off we're not going to want to have a collaboration with you so um try to be authentic um i think right now the most important um factor are comments like they weigh the heaviest so like if you get a lot of comments and like maybe you don't get you don't have as many followers you're actually like sometimes more valuable as someone that is bigger because especially for micro influencers it is so important to have a niche and like have a community that is engaging with you sometimes even because the bigger you get the less people are actually engaging with your content because they're like you have two million followers there's no way you're going to answer to my comment right so you just like maybe just like or you just see it or you maybe you just screenshot it like I see myself doing the same thing like I'm not gonna comment on Kim Kardashian's post like she's never gonna see it so um if you're smaller you always have the like the sense that oh like maybe she's gonna see it like maybe if I ask her oh like what mascara are you wearing what lipstick he's gonna answer so that way you're creating engagement on your posts and I think Instagram right now is also based on engagement. So as more people are engaging with your account, the better your account is going to get. So it's difficult times right now because there are so many content creators. But still, I think, I don't know, you just like have to keep hustling, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is such fabulous advice. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like so engaged and like listening to everything you're saying, like I'm going to apply it to my life. Okay, so now I feel like I have a really good vibe about your job and what you do and a good understanding of of what it is and what it actually means to be an influencer relations and working with social media. So now I would love to start talking about how you got to where you are today, how you got your internships, how you got your jobs. But I think we should start off with how you got to Syracuse from Germany. What made you decide to you know, explore going to school and working in the U.S. and what led you to that? Yeah, so um, I went to a bilingual school. It was German-Portuguese and 
we just like I was always obsessed with like languages and like cultures and like going different places so when it came to choosing where I went to where I want to go to university I just like had this idea okay like I want to go to the U.S. and just like have that experience and see what it's like because I felt like it's going to be so much more boring just like staying here and just living the life that like kind of I don't know. I just wanted to have like an adventure, I guess. And that's why the year before, like me and my best friend, we were like, okay, like, let's try this first. Like, let's go to NYU and like have that summer internship and see also, because if you always just go to a place for vacation, like we've been to the US before, but you all, you like, you don't really have that interaction with locals, especially not people your age usually. So, um, we wanted to try it and see um, if we like it, like what's the vibe, like is it like in the movies, like <laughs> all that stuff. So I really liked it and I actually made the decision last minute because my friend was not going to go with me and I was just like so afraid because you're going on this adventure, you don't know anyone, um, you're going to a completely different country, you don't know if you're going to like it there and I guess um Syracuse was just like on my list at the end because I think they didn't require the SAT or ACTs you could just like do with your international baccalaureate thing uh you could just apply and I went to the Whitman uh business school so like it was still a good school and I got in I literally got in I think in July, like I got in so late. (laughs) I was like, wait, are they still accepting people? That's so crazy. (laughs) So um, I got accepted. I went and I think it was a very good experience. So while you were at Syracuse, you studied at Whitman, which is the business school. Um, Did you have any internships in college? Uh, I did, but always in Germany. So there was a summer break right so like you had like three months off and I obviously always went home because you're so far away and it just like didn't make sense for me to stay and like do an internship in the city or something because then I wouldn't be able to travel like all that kind of stuff so like I always came back and had my internships in Germany um I interned at two fashion one was an online shop, I think. It's called Style Bob. It's like similar to like My Teresa and like Netta Porter. So I was, what did I do? I think I was, um, I was either in PR or like marketing or something. And that was my first encounter with like working with influencers, I think, where I was like, oh, like this is fun. Cause usually if you're like, I never like jobs that are like too boring or like you always do the same thing. So like that way with like social media and like marketing, uh, social media and PR and like all these things, you feel like you're kind of part of the fashion world, but you're also kind of like still in business. So like that's what I liked about it. You still get to go to the events and like do the fun stuff. But then I also love the business side of fashion. So like you're still in the office, like you're still kind of like looking at numbers, making um. I don't know, like changes, like you actually like see yourself doing something for a company. So right. that like, I also that think in fashion, it can be very intimidating, like especially with all of the movies, like the Devil Wears Prada yeah. and like things like that. Like the fashion world seems so intimidating and it seems like the only way to work up is to like be someone's assistant and like 
do all of this bitch work and then yeah. and then eventually get somewhere. But like I think it's interesting to know that there are roles in fashion, like PR fashion PR or marketing that allow you to grow in other ways besides just like editorial. You I didn't know anyone. <laughs> so I didn't know anyone that worked there before or like anything. I never had any experience in fashion, I think. Um so what you have to do, I think, is just try to convince them that you're obsessed with their brand, obsessed with um, working there. You know everything about them. So just be very excited, especially if you're younger and it's like your first internship and like maybe they don't require as much of um, experience. What they really look for is someone that's going to do the work. And even if a lot of it or some of it is going to be a little bit of a bitch work, like just in your interview, say that you're ready to do anything. And like, that's kind of like what I did. I was like, I really love what you guys do here. I am obsessed with like all the brands that you represent and like the buying process and the marketing behind it. And you guys are so smart. And like, I just want to be part of it. I want to be here to learn. So just be someone that they feel like is so excited to be there. And I think um, you can do that also in your resume um, or your cover letter. Just even if you don't have an experience, try to think of the things that you did or even things that you did in school. And I'm sure there's something there that you can apply to the job that you're going to do. Because at the end of the day, if you're an intern, you're not going to do super heavy lifting. That's just reality. Like you're going to answer emails, you're going to get coffee and here and there, they're going to give you little projects. So just look at the work that you've been doing at university. Like maybe you took a, I don't know, like some sort of like lower level business class and you can say, we did this project and I really excelled and I showed my leadership skills, like something. You just show them that, you are dedicated that even if, even though you haven't had any experience in that field, that you, you're taking classes and like you're just dedicated. So I think that's very important. That it's actually very impressive to, you know, internship coordinators or your boss or whatever to not only like, I think it's impressive to take something that's maybe quote unquote nothing and turn it into something yeah. like okay, yeah, I've only taken a few business classes or I, I joined the campus fashion magazine. But like, this is exactly. what I've taken from that and I'm going to apply it to the internship. I don't have any experience yet, but like, look at everything I've done on my own. And I think that that exactly. is like super impressive to employers for sure. And like, honestly, maybe even more more impressive than having like a ton of resumes on your, I'm sorry, a ton of experiences on your resume. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, did you have a second internship during college or any other experiences with interning? I did. So before graduating, I think the summer before, I interned at a big uh, like fashion house. So you have to think it's called Kadivi. It's um, it's basically like Harrods or like uh, what what do what does America have? Like it's a big luxury fashion like. It's like Barney's. It's like Barney's, uh, Bergdorf's, like that kind of um, department store. 
It's a department store, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> literally, I've been in Germany for too long. I li- sometimes I just blank out. Um, <laughs> uh, so like it was a big like luxury department store, and I did their marketing and PR again. So um, that was interesting because like in the beginning, before I got into beauty, I was really, really, really obsessed with not working just for one brand. I wanted to be somewhere where there's like a lot of brands. So I actually like was really obsessed with like luxury department stores because I was like, that's great because like you get to work with like different brands and it's not just like always like one thing. And um, that was a little bit like the Devil Wears Prada because <laughs> it's like that was a bigger and older brand. So if you're the intern, you're literally at the end of the food chain. <laughs> so you don't, you don't do a lot. But I think another thing that I just realized is like, you can't, just because you're at the bottom, you can't live your life that way. You can't go in and think, okay, I'm in the intern. I'm only doing coffee. And just because someone told you that all you're doing is getting coffee and like fill out lists and explain spreadsheets is not that actually what you have to do like I was like I want to do more and just try to talk to your boss like try to find projects for yourself and like that's what I did and also like that's how you get more experience or like more out of what you're actually going to do and like that's going to impress your next job so I I think I did like I did like some sort of like planning for like this huge like super Asia campaign that they had coming out and like I was like I'm gonna do this and like I'm gonna do this and like even sometimes you can go across departments because if you're an intern you are not like totally set in what you have to be doing like just because you're in marketing or just because you're in PR doesn't mean you can't help out the buying team and it's also a great way that for me, for example, I was unsure. I was like, oh, like maybe do I like buying more? Like, do I want to be a buyer? So like talk to the buying team. Like you're young. So just go out there. Like it's also a great way for connecting and networking. So just go around your, um, your office, like introduce yourself to everyone. If you can, um, always be, happy to help even if it's stupid stuff because if you're the girl that everyone knows as hands-on and someone that's willing to help they when there's a bigger project or if this like if there's like a cool event or like whatever you're going to be the girl that they're going to call and like that's what happened so like if there there was an event or like that's how I met like my first like influencers person to person that they bring you along because you're always someone that wants to help and everyone likes a like helping hand, I guess. So I think that's such great advice. Like introducing yourself to everybody in the office interns. I don't want to say that they are forgettable, but I think an office sees a lot of interns throughout the year. You know, there's different seasons for interns. You have fall interns, you have spring interns, you have summer interns. So, and you're there for such a short amount of time, only like three to four months. So if you're the person that people remember, you are leaps and bounds ahead of your fellow interns to maybe get a job at that company when you graduate college, like 100%. And also going back on what you said about trying out different departments within your internship, I also think that that's brilliant because of course, like you get hired for an internship as a certain role 
and it might be a little bit scary or intimidating to ask your boss like, hey, can I meet up with so-and-so from the programming department or from the advertising team or the law or like the law side can I meet up with these people that might be a little bit scary but I can guarantee you that your boss will only be supportive and let you do that because that is the reason you're at the internship you're at the internship to learn you are at the internship to experiment and get to know people in your department as well as other departments because this is like your trial run for your career so I would highly recommend if you are interested going outside of the definitions of your internship and reaching out to other teams, reaching out to other departments if your manager is okay with that and learning about what all facets of the company is involved in because that's super important not only to do your job well, but to figure out what you really want to do. So I think that's brilliant advice. Okay, so you did your internship before graduation. So now you've graduated college, we're on the job search. Um, you, did you go back to Germany as soon as you graduated? Like, what was that timeline like? After I graduated, as an international student, it's a headache because you can't, you need a visa to stay because your student visa is done. So for you to stay, there's something called OPT, which you can apply to before graduating. You have to go um, get approval, I think, from your, um, from your college. So, like, I had to get approval from Whitman. And I think you have to pay something. I think, I don't quote me on this, but, like, $400 or something. And then you get the OPT. It's for one year only. And in that year, you can work in the United States, but you have to stay in your field. So, like, for me, I had to work in, like, marketing or like whatever so I couldn't just go and be a waiter or like a waitress or something so um that's what you do and like I said you get a year and it's really hard for someone to hire you and like give you a full-time position if they know your visa status is kind of like not for very long because for to get for to go from OPT to green card or like HB three or whatever it's called, um, H1B, sorry, it's called H1B. And you have to be sponsored by the company and that's expensive. And um, also it's very difficult in fashion and beauty and like that, those kind of jobs, because especially if you're entry level, there's millions of girls that want to do the same thing. So um, if you're an international student and you want to work in fashion, it's very, very difficult because they're less likely to sponsor you for your H-1B. So going in, I knew probably after that year, I will have to return home. But for me, I was like, okay, I don't mind because I just want to have that experience. I obviously studied in the U.S. and now I kind of like want to have the experience also working here. I never wanted to stay in the U.S. forever. Um, It would have been great to like stay maybe a little bit longer, but I just knew that maybe it would just not work out. So the application process is then so much harder. Like you have to make yourself stand out. You have to like, even it's like the littlest thing that you did in college, like any extracurricular, any class that you really excelled, any um, 
award that you got like put that on your resume try to keep it short but like list all your achievements don't be um don't think it's like too much or like that that doesn't belong here like if you got an achievement and you did well in something put it on your resume if you have a good gpa put it on there (laughs) because you have to prove to them that you're worth the sponsorship like you're worth the risk of of the visa and like you have to prove that nobody else could do this job except for you you could do it the best like they need you exactly so um I even I think I even added a portfolio and like have your American friends look over it so there's like no errors or anything because even though I think like my English is good there's always like little things that you might miss so like you don't want to be that person that gets like thrown out with the first pile um and then it's just like applying 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 you just apply everywhere don't just look at um like how do you say like the like the thingies yeah like don't just look at what companies say they're looking for but like their open positions try to also just like apply to them like if you have an hr content contact look in your school in your college if they have like any um contacts to anyone like if you can work with a recruiter do it because it's so hard I don't know how many applications I send out but it's probably like more than a hundred (laughs) so it was really really a lot and like obviously you get a lot of callbacks because I think I was like a good enough applicant but then there's always that international factor because what helps you is like okay like they see you studied here for four years so they maybe they assume that you are American but then you start talking and they're like oh like oh so you're from Germany originally so like what does that mean like do you need a visa etc etc so I was really lucky I got a job for theory it was another last minute thing it was so crazy I um went back for the summer I didn't know if I'm going to return because I obviously didn't have a job I didn't have an apartment I knew that I had OPT so like I knew maybe I could go back but then like it couldn't take too long so I remember in like I think I got the call back in uh August and I left like two days later I bought my plane ticket I was like okay I'm leaving and I got so lucky because uh, one of my friends, like her apartment just got, em- like they was were looking for a roommate. So like I got my apartment so quick. It's just like, I don't know, sometimes that's what I'm saying. Like relationships, like networking, don't be afraid to ask your friends if they like know anyone. Uh, and then I moved back. I moved to the city and I worked for theory. I think I was a creative assistant when I started and they told me that it's going to be like a temporary contract so it's not like you're not like a full employee and during that time I was working as a creative assistant which is not something I wanted to do I was just like I'll take that job because it's like interesting like maybe something else a lot of it is like photo shoots and like creating campaigns so it's a lot of it is like very hands-on and it's not as much like on the business side it's a lot of like model scheduling all that stuff it's fun and like you get to do like the fashion shows like all that stuff like the showings and while I was there I loved my boss like she was so all over the place and helmet uh theory is together with helmet lang so like it's the same under the same company and she was like 
I know you like your job, but I don't think this is like it it for you. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm obsessed with like um, PR and like marketing. And she's like, at theory, we don't have anything, but like at Helmet Line, we do. And I literally for three or four months, I had two jobs in one. Like I was PR assistant for Helmet Lang and I was creative assistant for Theory and it's two different buildings. So I was running around constantly. I was pulling things for Helmet Lang, sending them out to like, I don't know, like celebrities or whatever. Then I'm running back to help at the shoot. But that, like I said, like it's the same thing that you do when you're an intern, when you're in this, in the like assistant level, entry level, whatever, just try to help everyone. Just try to be out there. Cause at the end of the day, for me, it was like a great experience. I was at the helmet Lang show, like all that stuff you get to experience. It was super exhausting, but at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I had two jobs in one. And like, I could tell that to the next person. And when I, um, it was just like getting to a point where it was just like too much. <laughs> so I knew that I only had like maybe seven months and I went to Condé Nast after and um, I worked there in marketing and it was more like the traditional job that I think I wanted to do. Um, that was not, that had nothing to do with like um, influencer relations or like whatever. It was really like traditional marketing um, some of it was um, digital marketing, like that stuff, because I wanted to see like maybe if that is something that I want to pursue. And I also thought, to be honest, that like maybe Condé Nast can still sponsor me. Like I still had hopes that like maybe like they're a bigger company, but um, it just didn't work out because obviously at Condé, it's the same thing. Like every girl wants to work there. There are so many people that don't need a visa and entry level is just not important enough. So um, I think I was a coordinator then. I think I was like a marketing coordinator. It was like really fast. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's fine. Like I'll still take the opportunity. I kind of like, not a promotion, but like I got a level up. Like I'm not an assistant anymore. And I only was an assistant for like three, four months. Yeah. So I was like, this is still like a stepping stone because now like maybe my career is going to take off quicker. Um, so I did that. That was really fun, um, and very challenging, but I just realized I like the digital world, but it gets boring at times because that's, you don't have like fun events anymore. You don't have like that fun stuff. A lot of it is just being at the office and I don't know, like doing stuff that like the digital issues or like whatever. So, um, yeah, that was like my post college experience in New York. That like was I think for a year. <laughs> Just to get a job in fashion out of college seems like so insane and automatically like a dream come true. Whereas yeah. working at three amazing companies, like your first year after graduation is just like so impressive. And honestly, everything you did sounds so fun. Like I think so many girls and guys dream about like running around New York City, like doing these fashion <laughs> jobs. And it's just like so impressive that you accomplish all of that in one year out of college. And I like low key wish that I um, <laughs> like worked in fashion because it sounds really fun. But so then you moved back home. So what happened then? And then yeah. just quickly, like give us um, how you got your current job and then we'll wrap it up. 
All right, so I came back. I'm usually I'm originally from Berlin, so that's what I thought is going to happen. Um, Berlin is also like more is the capital. It's like more like fashiony, like vibrant, like that's where Fashion Week is. So I came back. My friend works as a reporter, and she always gets invited to like the like Berlin Fashion Week events. So I went there and I talked to, I think, like one of the editors. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start connecting with everyone I meet. <laughs> like literally, I'm just going to say, like, I just got here from New York. Like, please hire me, <laughs> basically. So just try to make friends. And um, one of them was like, oh, like I saw this posting of Essay Louder or Two-Face, I think, you should apply. I think you should be, you, you would be amazing for it. And it was a job that was kind of a reach for me because it was a management role, like a manager level. So I was like, uh, I'll still do it because <laughs> my mom was like, the worst thing they can say is no. So just apply and see what happens. And that's what I did. And I think that's another advice I would give anyone. Honestly, just apply to everything you see. Like, I think it's a girl's thing. I I read that somewhere that girls always kind of like see themselves lower and like don't apply or like don't give um they don't ask for like more money or like all these things. I think it's like some it's so ridiculous. We should just like go for whatever. Like I said, the worst thing someone can say to you is no and then you just go somewhere else and try again. Um yeah. I think girls suffer way more imposter syndrome than men do. Like, we are always thinking, like, oh, I'm not ready for this, or, oh, I don't belong here, I don't know if I deserve this yet, whereas a guy would never have that mindset. He would be more so, like, yeah, of course I earned this, or of course I deserve to be here, and I think that, you know, it's especially hard with younger girls because some of the jobs that we want and the dreams we have are really intimidating, and... Um, I think that we need to like just throw that out the window because obviously we we can and will achieve anything. So definitely yeah. throw away that imposter syndrome for sure. Yeah. And yeah, so just go for it. If you see the description and maybe you don't have that many years of experience, but you feel like you can do that job, then apply for it. And that's what I did. And, um, I had a couple interviews and I literally, I had another job offer that was for a lower position and I was about to take it. And I was like, I actually took it. (laughs) No, I took it. And, um, then they called me back and they were like, you got the job. And I had to like cancel the other job and go for that one. Yeah. Cause I haven't started yet. And I, they gave me time to, um, to sign the contract. So you get time to sign the contract. And during that time, Two-Face called me back and they're like, you got the job. And I was like, okay, that's so exciting. Exactly. It was like a verbal acceptance. Like they kind of gave me the offer and I thought I'm going to take it. It was also in Munich and um, my best friend lives here. So I kind of like was already like wrapping up my mind being like, okay, I'm going to move to Munich. And um, Two-Face was here as well. So when I got the call, I was like, oh my God, like this is not happening. I was so afraid because obviously like in the beginning, you're kind of just like trying to be a go-getter and they're like, I can do this, I can do this. And then you get the job and you think it's never going to happen. And then it does and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have so much responsibility. 
but you grow into it. In the beginning, it was kind of daunting, but you learn and you grow and people teach you. (laughs) So you kind of like grow into your job. You get better every day. Um, If you have the basic skills, you're fine. Right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for talking to me today. I, I honestly learned so much. And <laughs> I just think that everything you're doing and, like, your whole story is so exciting and honestly just fun to listen to. Like, I was so entertained this entire time. Thank so you. <laughs> thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. I hope you had Bye. fun. And, guys, follow Nucha on Instagram. I will obviously have everything linked um, on our Instagram page at Bitchwork Podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any questions for Nutra, can they DM you? Is that cool? If they have any questions yeah. about like influencer relations or things like that, yeah. Um, I try to go through my DMs once a week. I obviously like I get some like sometimes it's influencers. Like I can't get to everyone all the time. I think. I'm kind of glad I did this podcast because it's the questions I get like so many times. So that way I can just be like, listen to this podcast. Like I explained it all. (laughs) But if anyone has, (laughs) but if anyone has any other questions, feel free to DM me. I'll try to answer or email me or anything. Um, Yeah. I'm happy to help. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Nutra, for talking to us today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. and And we will be back next week with a new one. Talk to you guys later. Bye.